All right, and this is episode 25 of the Making It in Asheville podcast, a podcast where Sarah and I will typically sit down with an Ashevillian, uh, a entrepreneur, artist, maker of some kind, typically ask them what they're making and how they are making it in Asheville. And we're your hosts, Sarah and Tony. And in today's episode, we're taking a break from interviewing a local Ashevillian because we have some very exciting news. We just got married. Yes, we did. I put a ring on it. Yeah. And so we want to talk a little bit about um, our experience of planning a wedding in Asheville. It's been a really important experience of our making it in Asheville journey mm-hmm. thus far. And so we want to share with you things that we uh, learned from planning a wedding, things that we perhaps would have done differently if we could go back in time and give ourselves advice. Um, some of the things that we loved about planning a wedding and talk a little bit about, you know, why we, you know, what, what was important to us in certain vendors and, and how that impacted our planning journey. Totally. And my, uh, I, I think I use this word a lot on the podcast. I've become aware of it, but transferable mm-hmm. <laughs> and the transferable here, in my opinion, is that you might not be getting married in Asheville. You might not run a business that works in the wedding industry in Asheville. That's fine. But as we talk about our experience as a customer, uh, different vendors in the city, um, our experience going through this very meaningful part of our lives, I think that there are a lot of ways that as a business owner, you can use the way that we're thinking and talking um, about the strategy that we used for the wedding, about our, our lessons and learnings in the process to make informed decisions, um, perhaps just about how to treat customers and um, who knows. But I, I am certain that there are transferables. Totally. And uh, if you are planning a wedding in Asheville, that is I hope, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I hope that this is um, relevant and helpful for you. Uh, I know that weddings are abound here in our little town, mm. um, so hopefully, you know, you can find some something helpful here. Perfect. And so, with that, let's dive in. So what do we want to start with, Sarah? I think we should start with why we decided to get married in Asheville in the first place. Perfect. Um, I will do my best, and then you tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, My thought was that uh, when we initially, I proposed to Sarah in Italy. Italy is like a very special place in our little love story. Um, We met studying abroad. We kind of like reconnected while I was traveling abroad, and she was living abroad both in Italy, all of that was in Italy. Um, and so, excuse me, I, and so I proposed in Italy on a trip that we took a little over a a year ago, almost exactly. And, um, and so it seemed almost like for sure we were probably going to try and do an Italy wedding, but like the second we thought about it, it sort of ruled itself out. We have some older, you know, family members, grandparents who probably shouldn't, maybe would have tried to take the trip, but probably shouldn't take the trip. Um, and it just seemed like it would be a logistics kind of nightmare to try and pull off. And then 
Uh, I mean, and to add that there's so many like weird laws mm. about like, you know, getting the right documents in Italy and you have to like post your names in a church for a month and people can object to your But do wedding. you think we would have had to do that or we could have just like had a ceremony? I don't know. And then like done know. a paper. So I'm, I'm not sure. Weird. I think it would have just, we could have just said it was a party and like there was a ceremony and that ceremony was just purely uh, for the sake of us doing it. And then we could have just done the stuff here. Either way, I agree that all yeah. of that would have been a mental burden, but the travel was a big ask. Um, you get married, I think, in a foreign country and you pretty much, uh, you can just assume that the gift is people's presence uh, that they showed up to the wedding, forget about like writing a check. You wouldn't, you couldn't ask for anything um, because it's such a ask to have someone travel that far and commit their time zones. Anyway, so we thought, all right, let's where in the U.S. And at the time we were living in Brooklyn and uh, New York slash New Jersey is heavily weighted in my family's favor. And then there is also the chance that we could do it in Atlanta, um, which would have been great. That's Sarah's kind of home court, would you say? Yeah. <laughs> That's where Sarah's And traditionally, traditionally, the bride gets married in her home town, mm -hmm. but it just didn't have any meaning or connection for us at that time. So we kind of like ruled them out. And then I also remember, I don't know if you remember this, Tony, but I remember looking at like prices like average cost of weddings in different states throughout the u.s because i wanted to kind of understand like from a financial point of view would it make sense to you know choose one state over another maybe it costs a little less and so on so we did look at all those numbers mm -hmm. and a lot of the places in new york new jersey were like 10 times more expensive than in the south so that definitely influenced our decision as well. I remember we even looked for a short while in like Pennsylvania. Yeah, <laughs> like random states because we were like, oh, it would be driving distance for From New Jersey, Tony's family, and like maybe wouldn't be too far. Delta flight out yeah. of Atlanta. Um, anyway, we had visited Asheville. Asheville quickly bubbled up to the top of like this kind of neutral place. It, it's tribable from Sarah's family. Uh, there aren't a ton of flights out of New York, New Jersey, but there are some direct and there was a potential that it would be reasonable and still somehow drivable if people needed to or wanted to drive, turn it into a little bit of a road trip for my side. And so um, for many reasons, Asheville became our pick. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say that we had a pretty strong feeling that at that time we were gonna move to mm -hmm. Asheville even though we weren't a hundred percent sure on it so we we're like well let's at least plan a wedding there it'll give us an excuse to visit and go back and experience the city anyway yep and so we chose our venue probably two months after we got engaged we chose the location and, and the date in the venue in December I think it was that the timeline I wish that I was better at stuff like that I would what I'll say is that we decided Asheville and then we relatively quickly went through a, uh, a, a remote vetting process of venues, right? Didn't you prioritize like picking a venue and like yeah. where we would do it? Are we going to do it on a mountain? Are we going to do it in, uh, uh, 
uh, in a park or we, we, we like because the venue is like, I mean the the date yes. and the venue are like everything because you can't pick anything else without having the date or the location first because the other vendors depend on that so that was like the big thing that we had to figure out first but I will say back up a second because the first thing that we did before we even looked at venues was think about our vision for the wedding, which sounds so silly, but we are such business-minded people that we were like, okay, we're going to have a mission statement of yeah. our wedding, and we're going to try and plan everything based on that. And I think that it was really, really powerful, even if we didn't stick to it entirely. It was really powerful. Yeah, that's actually... Uh you know, poo-poo on us for that oversight, not leading with that. I think we did that while still in Italy, like on the vacation that was a proposal moon. Um, I remember, I remember the Airbnb we were in when we wrote it initially. And I think it's a absolutely worthwhile, uh, endeavor. It's, it's a way of just like clearly, um, outlining or being explicit about priorities um and we've we certainly swayed from them but having a home base and a uh shared point of view i think was incredibly helpful as we started to think about do you remember the process that we went through to write the mission statement like it was yesterday of course i do I don't remember perfectly what, what, oh, okay. what was the process. Well, so, because I, I think it's really helpful and interesting and, and could be a good idea if anyone out there is planning a wedding right now, is we each took like five minutes and wrote down words mm-hmm. that we visioned for our day, envisioned for our day in a notebook. Um, they were just single words or just a couple of words, nothing, not full sentences or anything. And then we shared the words together and we found which ones were overlapping and and had something in common or maybe which ones were like the same meaning um, where we could group them together. And then from there we wrote a mission statement, which was like one sentence, you know, of like, we want a thoughtful, simple, rustic wedding. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, but those were definitely important words. And that like kind of helped us shape the first decisions that we made and also meant that, every time we were getting stressed out, we could think back to our mission statement and say, okay, this is not a big deal because like these are the important things for us. These are not. So if this is other thing isn't perfect, it's fine. Right. Yeah. No, I, um, I do remember that process. I remember, um, I remember how we cared mostly about, uh, having a, a celebration, like a, where families were important and like the like connection and love was important and how that manifests. And I'm jumping ahead is, and I think it's a pretty unique, cool thing is how we built like family style food into our wedding because we wanted it to feel like we were having dinner with family. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. I think that was like super simple thing to do but super helpful um but anyways so we did our mission statement Mm -hmm. and then we planned the the date the date and we were thinking okay let's do fall of next year because it would be a year from when we got engaged and hindsight 
Mm. We'll just go ahead and talk about this since we're here. Hindsight is that fall in Asheville, unlike many other places, is the peak season, Mm -hmm. the peak visitor season. Um, So we kind of like thought, okay, September in Asheville will be like after the summer. So maybe the prices will be better. There'll be like plenty of hotel rooms. It won't be as crowded. But oh man, were we wrong? Fall is leaf season. Who knew? We, Who we, knew? You know, yeah, hindsight twenty twenty. We'll have a, a little bit of a quick recap on things that we would have, in hindsight, changed. I think uh, we didn't. It didn't need to be, <laughs> in the in the very beginning of uh, leaf season. I think. Some people say that the hotels that we, you know, I don't want to say gouged us, but said it was leaf season. They're like, it's not leaf season yet. Leaf season's starting. Uh, yeah. And I would say decidedly from three weeks ago to today, it is more like it would be leaf season today than it was uh, during our wedding, September 21st. That said, um, yeah, it turns out that the fall is a huge, uh, huge visitor season for for Asheville. And so if you're having, um, like we are, two away teams, you know, show up on location, that means a lot of hotels, a lot of Airbnbs, and likely inflated uh, costs for all those things. Yeah. Now you know. Now we know for our next wedding. Cool. So there's a whole ton of vendor things, right? So first we choose venue. We went with an inside venue. I think that's an important note. It seemed like a hedge. uh, And we went with a venue in downtown versus outside of downtown. I think those are like the two standout things. and it was our logic was, uh, you know, hedging against bad weather and then trying to make it more convenient for the visitors who are coming in from out of town. Yeah, right? we wanted it to be like walkable for most people so they could walk from the hotel to the venue, which it was, which was awesome. Um, and yeah, and then weather factor, I just didn't want to have that stress of worrying about rain or cold or heat or whatever Mm. we have a lot of temperature sensitive people in our family on both sides and so Mm. that was just kind of we knew that would be a point uh to consider so we chose an indoor venue that was conveniently located true and i mean so there's a whole list we can go through all of the individual types of vendors and all of the different cogs that need to come together to make a wedding machine or we can talk about um you know the tools that help brides and i guess uh those who are engaged kind of navigate the process we used the knot in the beginning i used we used the knot a lot we used the knot for the following things so we use the knot for our wedding website Mm -hmm. um which is like you just have to do that nowadays because yeah. that's where all the information is. And it saves you a lot from having to put things on paper and invitations. You can put everything there and people can refer to it and it's updated in real time. So that was great and very easy. Definitely recommend that. Um, and then the Knot has like a whole bunch of vendors that they list on their website with ratings. And you can read more about them all through this one platform, um, which just makes it a lot easier when you're doing research about vendors. 
And we used that in the beginning for the venue to find the our photographer. Um, I think our florist we already kind of had in mind because we had visited. visited. Yes, yeah, Flora was wow. the florist. Um, we had visited them and we just kind of knew that that was going to be the one. Um, our band, I think we found through the knot as well. I can't remember if there was anything else. We didn't find Nikki through the knot. Nikki was our wedding planner from Carolina Love Events. And we, I think I just found her through Googling uh, wedding planners in Asheville. Hmm. And then I reached out to a couple of different ones. And then Nikki was the best fit of all of them. You can listen to some of that story on episode, I don't know, six, seven. I think it was episode seven. Seven. With Nikki. Yeah, Nikki Sherba. You'll see. It's a wedding planning episode. Anyway, um, all those vendors, the technology Mm -hmm. of the knot I I found seemed like it was very helpful. They also had like a guideline that you can follow. Yeah, there was like a checklist. checklist. So you could put in your wedding date and then it would give you like where you, like what you should be doing this month and you could check off items as you did them. Um, that was helpful up to it, like in the beginning, like just to see like all the things that you needed to do. But towards like halfway through, I kind of just stopped looking at it because there are some things they tell you to do and you're like, this doesn't apply to me. And so this just makes you feel almost more stressed out looking at it. Um, and then there are other things that like you just kind of knew you needed to do, but also halfway through we hired the planner. So that took care of a lot of those items. And Once while I had a lot less exposure to the knots process and like timelines, I did see Nikki's and wow. I, I think if there's a single takeaway that I got from the process, it's like it was pulling a pro in like Nikki, if yes. not exactly Nikki. Yes. Was the single probably best thing that we had done, especially, especially when it comes to like the fourth quarter. And yeah. like that really that right up into the wedding, like she was heroic rock star, cool, calm, collected, knew every single thing, had all of the like minute by minute um, process planned out. And that's stuff that, you know, I've uh, air quotes officiated actually literally. So I guess maybe not air quotes, but officiated two weddings of varying um, sizes and, know that what she brought to us was a huge deal um because it's not always that smooth it's not always that calm no yeah no it uh, i have probably already said this and i'll say it again but hiring a wedding planner early is probably the best thing that you can do no matter what size wedding you have no matter I almost want to say no matter even what your budget is, because I think if you invest in someone that can help you and guide you through the process early on, everything else is just easier. Um, And you can save a lot of money because your planner can help you navigate those worlds better than you could maybe on your own. Um, Yeah. So I would have definitely hired a planner earlier and used the not less. Mm. So if we were going to transition now into uh, advice slash learnings slash 
what we might have changed type things. Is that the biggest one? Is that, uh, here's my question to you, Sarah, right? Because mm-hmm. you did run point on this and mm-hmm. if we're being honest, you ran point. Um, would you have vetted wedding planners and then picked a date? Or would you have picked a date in a venue and then picked a wedding planner like right after that? How would you sequence it today? I would, A, I would start with our mission statement like Mm -hmm. we did. Mm -hmm. I think that that's crucial before you do anything else. Um, I would have maybe an idea of the date and the venue and maybe have, you know, done some research maybe on the knot or a book or just looking around the internet. There's tons of things about wedding planning there. And then I would have hired a wedding planner and then started actually booking um, vendors and venues and so on. The benefit of the wedding planner is that they know the right questions to ask and they can help you maybe shed light on things that you might not have thought to ask in the beginning, especially with something like so important, like the 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 venue that you choose um, because that's that can limit you and your other vendor options as mm-hmm. well. So that's probably the most important decision that yeah. you may. I mean, it depends. Everyone's yeah. wedding is different and like everyone has different priorities, mm-hmm. but I felt like that was a really big one. And I wish that I had had a wedding planner earlier to help that conversation. Totally. Yeah. I think, um, I think what I found was that in the vetting and, uh, one of the things that I f- feel is important in the process is like having real live phone calls or in-person meetings with people that you think are, you're going to bring on to the team. So, um, for example, we had some form or another with a initial call video chat or in person with almost all of our vendors. Uh, the one that we didn't was the band, right? The band we had a phone call with, a couple weeks before and otherwise is email and I've of all of the vendors the one that I felt least attached to was the band because of that process um, and I so I would stress that um, doing some version or another of diligence but like actually talking to meeting with um, and vibe checking with uh, especially the wedding planner but then also the venue uh, because it's just that's it's going to be a huge deal. Photographer, videographer, if you have it, also going to be huge deals. Um, but the person who is most important in that process to me was you, uh, and you seemed happy throughout the whole thing. But uh, next is is going to be the the wedding planner, um, and I think that if you prioritize that, then you can find venues that align with the mission statement and with mm-hmm. the couple, and then. The wedding planner can help guide you to those pro- like to the right vendors based on who you are and what you care about. Yeah, absolutely. That's my thought. Yeah. Um, your wedding planner is like your lawyer in this case, in this example. I feel like yeah. like they're representing you and they are fighting for what you want in a way. And like I say fighting as if like we had arguments with our vendors. Yeah, we never no. we didn't. We never really kind did. Close, yeah. Everything was very smooth and we got along with everybody. Um, but 
it's maybe, still just maybe more helpful. like an accountant where it's like, Hey, you need to get those papers in, you know, like, uh, yeah, it, was just, yeah. It, was, it was just, she was on our team and she's experienced. It was, it was like, we're running this startup of our relationship and we had an outside advisor who's been through it before right. and just knew, all right, now's when we got to actually start getting serious about this thing. Hey, have you decided on that thing? Um, and also don't stress about this. We got plenty of time for that. Uh, I think that that is all wildly important and helpful um, because uh, even though it wasn't that stressful, it was still stressful. Like I think that we got relatively lucky and are um, wired in a way that it wasn't so much of a burden, but it really could have been. Like I can, I can, I can understand how some people can absolutely freak out leading into a wedding. Yeah, I mean, it's if you're having a traditional wedding like we did and, you know, you're doing all the traditional things and you're having a good amount of people, there's there's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, and it can be in many ways like a third, you know, part time job yeah, um, planning it, especially I'd say the, the months leading up to it. There's just there was a bunch of little things that we were working on yeah. um, and coordinating and it's a lot of time. It was it's a, a lot time. of time set aside. That's another piece of advice I'd say is like set aside an afternoon every week where it's like wedding planning afternoon. And like you just deal with all the wedding stuff because if you don't do that, um, you might go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hats off to you cause you did a ton leading up to the wedding, especially in crunch time. We printed things that I didn't know that we were going to need to print. We had, uh, we still have a bunch of those 20 inch, uh, fizzle stick light sparklers, sparklers, sparklers uh, left I couldn't think of the word. sparklers. Um, and those things were like, we, I don't know. They just showed up late in my, uh, awareness. And so, um, that I think that if I'm going to give advice, um, it also seems very important, if not the most important thing, is that the couple communicates about where they're at and how they're feeling. Do you think we did a good job communicating leading up to the wedding? Do you think we could have done a better job? Where where were you in our communication? I felt like we communicated very well. I mean, I feel like we communicate very well to each other in general anyways, and that this was just a part of that. Um, I felt like we talked almost every day about, you know, oh my gosh, we're 15 days away and how do you feel? How are you feeling? How are you doing? And so on. And then to add to that, we also had, we got very lucky because we had an efficient who is a friend and mentor of Tony, um, Jessica, and she was so thoughtful. It was her first time ever officiating a wedding. Um, she was so thoughtful and she asked us to have three phone calls with her, um, hour long phone calls leading up to the wedding. So it was like three months before we started these phone calls once a month. And that was really helpful because she guided us through some like deeper aspects, deeper conversations about our relationship, about what it meant, um, about what kind of ceremony we wanted and what kind of things we wanted to include in that, which is like really deep, powerful, meaningful stuff. Yeah. And that, our, our vows came yeah. out of those 
mm-hmm. calls, and I think mm-hmm. that we have killer vows. And, and and yes, and we can go back to the vows, but also it helped us keep in mind like what was really important, important. about this yeah. day, and it wasn't that oh my gosh the you know how, what appetizers are we gonna have or whatever. Yeah, um, it was you know, the the meaning behind it and right. what we were promising to each other and yeah, that was that was hopeful yeah. in communicating with, with each other. Yeah, I uh I had a very high expectation for Jessica because I, I know her and I knew that she had the potential to actually cry like do an unbelievable job and uh she exceeded I think my expectation. Yeah, she did she did a yeah great job through the whole i mean through the whole process and then delivered on the actual day but uh i completely agree the you so you said that we had a traditional wedding i would argue that we didn't have a traditional wedding uh well we didn't get married in a church but we also didn't get married like in a barn with four people exactly (laughs) with with a dog as a ring bearer yeah i think it was a traditional secular wedding Interesting. Okay. Um, I will concede that we had, we went through a lot of the movements that a traditional wedding does, and we had a arguably traditional wedding size. It was pretty large. It was a, a, just under 200 people ended up making it. Um, but, you know, choosing a friend mentor as a officiant, um, I think was an incredible choice for us it was right for us uh, but that her choice to lead what would effectively be marriage counseling which is common in a lot of religions as a process leading mm-hmm. into marriage I found uh, to be an essential part of what we did and so if you like us are doing some sort of quasi-traditional uh, wedding and you do plan to have a friend mentor colleague uh, officiate. I do think whether or not you run it yourself, uh, I do think that it is very important to have something like what we did, which was, uh, three months leading up. So it was really four months, um, leading up to the, to the wedding, take time and be very explicit and thoughtful, um, about communicating. And if you can pull somebody else in, it was a huge part of what made our, day as meaningful as it was yeah yeah and like you said it helped us write our vows which I think is was probably one of the more challenging aspects of planning the wedding sounds silly because it's just like words written on piece of paper but it was really hard to think about how are we going to do it and oh my gosh like what if I write like five words and Tony writes like 500 and then it sounds silly together. And there, there were so many questions yeah. there. And, um, you know, while we tried to think about them early on, we didn't really. And so, you know, towards the end, we were thinking a lot about them. Yeah. What I'd say is that we thought about them and we might not have written them. I, I, iterations of vows that I'd worked on for almost a, a, I mean, we were engaged 11 months. So for 10 months, I had the intention of writing something of a vow. Um, what I would say is that we wrote them kind of in our own corners 
for almost that entire engagement period. And then Jessica led us into a conversation where uh, she asked about what like promises can we make to each other? What like commitments are we able to make to each other? And it was in that, that we, I think got to the place where we heard each other say out loud what we had been thinking about in our personal vow writing processes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is what got us to a place where, um, we were able to say and share these, um, you know, commitments, these, these six commitments. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting to note the actual process that we went through for that was, like you said, we each wrote down, you know, our own thoughts of vows, which maybe were written in different ways, very um, different styles. And then Jessica, with Jessica, we kind of were able to extract these words or themes um, that overlapped together. And then we sat down after that and actually kind of merged our vows together, rewrote them honed them down and we ended up having rather than than you know tony having his set of vows and me having my set of vows they were the same so they're they were our vows you know yeah equal and rather than saying uh the six and then sarah saying the six it was we went back and forth yeah we just alternated through them knowing that um you know, they were meant for each other reciprocally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's yeah. the right word. Um, but yeah, that that was how we did it. I think that's, there's not, a, I don't think there's enough people talking about writing vows out there. And while there are lots and lots of examples of vows on like The Knot and like all these wedding planning websites, um, I feel like there wasn't a lot of guidance on the internet, at least, about writing your vows yeah. or how to do it. I guess because it's like there's no right way. It's whatever is best for you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I what I'm, it makes me feel like we should look them up and then read them, but that's not, I think, important. What I find important about the vows, the process is that it was our truths and we got to, um, so a vow, right, is this, uh, it's a commitment right it's you're vowing to uphold this promise and what i really liked is that each of our promises were incredibly meaningful but also didn't feel like lies and i think um i think there are versions of i will love you forever that mean like I will love you in this same way that we currently love each other right now forever. And I think that that's a promise. It's like going to be really hard to keep, mm-hmm. but we somehow or another, <laughs> uh, found a truth and promises that felt right to us. Yeah. Yeah. There's no right way to write a vow. Hmm. Love hmm. that. Um, beyond it, what other advice do we have? So it was communicate. It was get coached up by someone and have mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, some sort of marriage counseling if you can. 
um, it was bring in the expert in a wedding planner mm-hmm. as early as possible. Yeah. After you've done homework on what's meaningful to you, and that's a good way to judge if the wedding planner is going to be a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I think I have one more thing, and, and it's related to money. Yes. But also related to what's important to you. So, I mean, when you're planning a wedding, obviously everyone says you should have a budget. Yes. Um, if you have a, you know, strict kind of limit of how much you can spend, a budget is super important. Um, where you allocate the money towards the different categories uh, that you're going to include in your wedding. So like X amount for the florist and X amount for the band and so on. Um, that can be really, really helpful in the planning phase. But to guide that, I think thinking about what is really, really most important to you. Is it the food? Is it the music? Is it your wedding dress? Um, Thinking about those items and prioritizing them and then allocating your budget to that. Um, I think that's really, really important. Like there were some things that we probably spent more money on than I really cared about like our invitations. Um, They were beautiful. I loved them. But like, I didn't need to spend that much money on invitations. I would have rather have spent that on more food or I don't know. Right. Like understood something else. So I I think that's. Yeah. Um, In the hierarchy, if you were to stack rank all of the individual pieces that go into making uh, the Legos of our wedding cards sit very low on both of our priorities um and when money is a big factor um act accordingly right your cards don't need to be great i was uh if half jokingly i was saying that we can just send google calendar invites to everybody (laughs) (laughs) um but like if you know if you had a small enough wedding you could you probably could do that and i think that we could have done that with all the air quote millennials that came to the wedding it would have been better the amount of people that texted me because it wasn't in their phone um, was higher than it needed to be. But, you know, you send a card to your grandma and uh, she she puts on her fridge and she feels great. And that's great. Uh, but I don't I don't know. I agree with that. I would also say that in the um, when thinking about money thing, um, I was astounded at um, the nonlinear <laughs> math that goes into. Uh, decisions around weddings. I'll give a loose example as a concept. Um, But um, when going through like a traditional venue, there are uh, party lengths, there are bar lengths, right? So the party might be five hours and the bar might be open for four hours. Um, And then you have that and you times it by the amount of people that are coming and the Food cost is fixed based on the people and how you choose to do food. If it's appetizers or plated or buffet or whatever, um, you multiply that by the people. You have the bar open or ticketed or however you're going to do it uh, for however many hours. But it didn't seem in any of the proposals we saw to be like the exact same amount of time as the wedding. So if you want to keep the bar open longer, you have a multiplier by the people by the hour. Uh, Same with bands, same with... Um, a lot of the vendors, if you want to add an hour, it is a nonlinear hour. It, it is a 
big spike because you are paying for labor hours, you're paying for um, all sorts of stuff that you, I would say, don't think about because we've never been through a wedding before. Yeah. And that just goes back to why you should have a wedding planner because then they're going to say, hey, you need to think about this yeah. extra hour and how much it's going to cost you and is it worth it to you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like weddings are expensive. And I mean, I, my my guess is in Asheville, you can have a wedding um, fairly, like for a fair amount. Um, but you can also have a wedding on the Biltmore and have it be extravagant and cost a ton of money. Yes. Um, so if you are wondering about like, what's the average cost of the wedding in Asheville? It varies yeah. <laughs> greatly yeah. depending on, you know, where you have it, how many people you have, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, we're married, <laughs> we're married now. And I, you know what, all things considered, I absolutely loved our night. Like I, I think about it. I think that I had, I, would, I wouldn't say apprehension, but I would say that there were some clear calculations I was doing in my head at varying points of the process about, oh my God, we're going to have too many people for the room. It's going to be crowded. Um, or, oh my God, the is the food going to be good? Is it going to come out fast enough? We're doing family style. Is that going to mess up the venue? Are they going to be able to pull it off? There were just all of these things there, you know. And by golly, I think it went, I, who knows what went wrong? I'd love to talk. We could maybe have Nikki on for episode two and hear about what actually was going on that yeah. we weren't aware of. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all things considered, we got to the dance floor a little later than expected, but that in its own way it was expected. Food was fantastic. People seemed happy. You looked beautiful, gorgeous, stunning, like a magazine. Happy as can be. It was a great day. It was a great day. All right. Um, what else should we say? Do you, if you guys have any questions about weddings in Asheville, you know how to find us. Yeah. Yeah. I hope this was helpful. I mean, yeah. I know we kind of like ranted for a little while, um, but we really wanted to share our experience and because I think it's, it's an important part of our experience of coming to Asheville of quote unquote making it in yeah. Asheville. Um, and it has really been a big thing that's been on our minds for the past uh, four or five months since we've moved to Asheville. Um, and so we wanted to share that experience in hopes that maybe it's helpful for someone that's yeah. planning a wedding here in town or somewhere else. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm thinking of this whole new angle of how this episode could have went around, uh, communicating as a business and like how some of our vendors were like fantastic communicators and that's what won them our business. And I think that, um, I think that, hmm, I have, okay, cool. So there, one more thing to say. I don't know if it's one more thing, but I just think that there's going to be a future podcast where we talk about, um, you know, when you are priced as a premium offer, little, especially then little things count. And I think that, um, we did a, we got, fairly lucky in that all of the all of the vendors we worked with seemed to be good to quite good at communicating with us 
um, and a lot of little details that matter, um, that add value, that make us feel, you know, wowed. Um, and so I think to a business owner in the wedding space in Asheville, um, if you're not thinking about those little things you can do, like how you respond to first inquiry emails, um, where you host a meeting to vet, uh, a, you know, engaged couple, um, how you follow up to that, what little gifts you might provide through the process. If you're not thinking about those little things, I think you should because uh, other people are. And I wholeheartedly believe that the businesses we work with that do those little things and care um, are the ones that we will be singing the praises of for a very long time. Agreed. Cool. So uh, if you're getting married in Asheville, hope this is helpful. If you're a business that works with mm. weddings in Asheville, mm -hmm. I hope that there were some parts of how we talked about our experience that help you think about your own business. Um, and then just generally, uh, I hope, I, I, I know that this was a huge part of our brain share for the last little while. And I'm glad that we, uh, get to close this chapter. And it felt like a really, really, really good chapter. I'm excited about what comes next. Me too. So if you want to know more about some of the things we talked about in this episode, um, we will have links to our show notes page below. The page is always makingitinashville.com slash 025. Yeah. Yes. So it's the episode number in case yeah. you got that wrong. Yeah, but I think it's exactly. Episode numbers at the end. Um, what else? Next week we'll be resuming our regular uh, podcast interviews. So stay tuned for With that. one of the vendors who helped us in the process, helped me, my father, my brother, and I cannot wait to sing oh, the yeah. praises of the little details that went into the process. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a good episode. Um, as always, if you know anybody or you yourself would like to be on this podcast, um, you can nominate them on our website at makingitinashville.com slash podcast. And as always, uh, we love your feedback via likes, comments, and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, there's a link to that in most of the podcast players, links to that on our website. Um, thank you in advance for that. It helps other people find the podcast. It helps uh, share the stories of our guests. And for that, we are most certainly grateful. So uh, episode 25, darling wife, bride. Husband. Husband. <laughs> uh, awesome. 25. Congrats. High five.